Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Hey, would you stand up with me this morning? I want to read a scripture to you first, a thing, and then I want us to pray together. How many of you believe in God with me? To hear from heaven. Amen. Man, I want to read to you with my glasses on from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Always be steadfast. Fast. There's another scripture, Psalm 57, 7, that says, My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I think it says it twice for a reason, because a heartbeat, you want to be steady. Your heart's your pump, and you need it to pump on a regular basis, right? Consistently. And so I just wanted to, had it on my heart this morning to share with you a little bit about uh, the power of consistency, The power of consistency. So would you raise your hands toward heaven with me and repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Well, let's say it this way. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. So good to see everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you ate. And you had fun celebrating Thanksgiving. How many of you are thankful? Good. That's awesome. It's so important to be thankful. You know, we enter his gates with Thanksgiving in our hearts. And we're thankful. And you know, when you're thankful, it's it's hard to be disappointed, isn't it? Because you're just thankful all the time. Thankful for your family. Thankful for your spouse. Thankful for your job. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching already. Thankful, thankful, thankful. So let's talk a little bit about the power of consistency. And, uh, you know, Nicole, she, she was up here and the spirit was moving and she said, do you have anything? And I was like, I got, you know, it's okay to not have something. You don't always have to have something, you know. And I was just sitting there going, I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm not feeling anything. But I just felt this draw that I needed to go ahead and preach. So it's okay if I preach this morning, right? So little things, little things are so important. They make a big difference in our life. And here's the thing about consistency. It's one of the most underrated things in Christianity. It really, really is. It surprises me sometimes, uh, the lack of consistency. We have people sometimes that come to our church and... You know, when you're a church like ours that's growing and consistently we're, we're growing every day. And so as we grow, we need things, you know. And so sometimes it's tempting to take any and all offers that come your direction. And so sometimes we have people that come and they may come once and they, want, they ask, you know, hey, can, you know, you need me to sing? Hey, you need me to play the guitar? Hey, you need me to, you know, play bass or and, and our first thing, Zach and I just look at each other and we're like, well, let's just, let's see what the consistency looks like first. What do we want to see first? I want to see some consistency. Are, are you about the vision of the house or do you just want the microphone? You know, because if you just want the microphone, 
Wait a minute. No, consistency is what's going to bring that promotion in your life. So there's some things about consistency. So I'm going to give you some things, and I want to encourage you. If you didn't get this over the whole month of, of November, and I see Tommy, and glad you're back. Glad you guys are doing good. And uh, man, we missed you, though, because, man, there were so many good things that happened during the month. How many of you enjoyed the month of November? We had Carla Thompson. We had... Pastor Sharon Doherty from Tulsa, come on. I caught her at a moment. I said, I'm amazed you were able to come. And she said, you know, with COVID, all my, everybody's been canceling. And I said, well, thank God. We were glad you were available for us. And then we had Terry Henshaw last week. And so I want to bring something out. So I, I say that to say this. If you missed it, you can go back on the website and you can now watch all those videos. They're all on there. But if we didn't get anything through the whole month, I learned this. I need to be a better note taker. Man, because if you have a device, if you have an iPad, if you have a pad and a pen, it is an excellent idea to bring it and to write down the things that God speaks to your heart. Because I believe as I'm speaking, God is speaking to you individually right where you're at. Speaking exactly what you need, and it's specifically for you. But one of the things that Terry talked about, and he told this story, and I couldn't believe it because... Terry's kind of a shy guy. He really doesn't like to be vulnerable and talk. But he talked about how God had given him an idea to start a multi-million dollar business. Now, some people say it, but I'm on the backside of Terry. I've seen that business and I saw it become everything that he uh, said it would become. In fact, it's still in operation today in Tulsa, that business. But God gave him this idea to start this business. And he talked about how he shared that with a businessman, and at the time, he needed a job. It's okay to dream when you don't have any money. In fact, it's a good time to dream, because <laughs> God gives you a plan, you know? And so he said that this guy offered him a job, and he accepted the job, but then he found out that in this job, he was cleaning the floors in the hospital, and one of the things that he got to empty was the vat, the vat where all of the things that surgeons either cut off or cut out go in this vat. Disgusting, man. And, and Terry, he said, I nearly quit. He said, but I didn't. God said, I thought you said you're willing to do anything. Now, how many of you honestly, don't, don't raise your hand unless you mean it, can say you've told God before, God, I'll do anything you want me to do. Appreciate your honesty. Not everybody raised their hands. Some, not, not everybody's a taker on that one. Because what happens? You're going to get to do something that he wants you to do, right? And so Terry said, yes, I'm willing. And so he started emptying that vats, those vats out. But what he didn't realize was that that businessman every week was calling and checking on him. Is he still there? Is he still there? Is he still there? And six months later, that businessman called him and he said, I'm amazed. You stuck it out. Well, let me tell you something that Terry told me. He said, Phil, do you know what separates successful people from unsuccessful people? I said, no, what? And he said, they're willing to do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. And he stuck it out. And you know what? That guy kept his end of the bargain. He helped him start that business. He helped him figure out how to put his plan together so that it would be successful. And that's number one to what if you're taking notes. Note takers are history makers. Come on. 
This is what consistency does. Number one is consistency brings promotion. If you want to be promoted, check your consistency. How consistent are you? Are you being faithful where you're at? Are you doing everything that you can do today? Because let me tell you something, bipolar is not a, not a fruit of the Spirit. It's not. Man, God doesn't have Dr. Jekylls and Mr. Hyde's. And, and that's not a fruit of the Spirit, man. It's, it's consistency that brings promotion. Thank God for consistency. I want to read to you a scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, everybody say due season, you will reap if you don't faint. That indicates that you're doing something consistently. You're doing something on a regular basis, and you're going to reap the harvest of it if you don't stop, if you don't quit. Man, thank God. Harvest comes only after seeds are consistently sown. You know, I, one thing that I learned from Terry is the art of sowing. And I've watched him all, all through his, you know, in fact, when he came here, he wouldn't let me pay for dinner. And I thought I, thought I got it over on him because I told the lady when I walked in, I said, come here. You know, and she stepped to the side with me and I said, don't you dare give him the check. I said, you give it to me. And do you know that Terry went around my back? Probably even right after I talked to her. Just because he said, I said, Terry, I'm trying to bless you, man. You won't let me bless you. And he said, Phil, you don't understand how bad I need to sow seed right now. He understood the art of sowing. Why? Because you need a harvest, don't you? And so when you sow consistency, guess what? You reap a harvest of Promotion. Some of you sound like you're excited about that. Number two, consistency. Are you ready for this one? Consistency produces persecution. Yeah. Come on. How many of you like persecution? Don't raise your hand. I know the answer. Yeah, we all enjoy persecution, don't we? Well, why is this important? <laughs> why, is this, why is it important? Because if, if we're not being persecuted sometimes for the things that we're doing, we might be going in the same direction as the world's going. Hmm. I wrote something down, and I'm just going to read it to you. Cause, because I, so, so I said consistency. I could say it better this way. Consistency embraces persecution. Why? Because it convicts the in consistent. This is why persecution comes. It convicts people that are not being consistent. Think about Paul. You remember the Apostle Paul? So the Apostle Paul is traveling from city to city to city, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. So he was far away, apparently, and he's traveling through these cities, heading to Jerusalem. And on his way, all of these different prophets in each city that he's in Keeps, keep prophesying over him that there's nothing but chains and tribulations awaiting him when he gets to Jerusalem. And Paul, he responds to it in Acts chapter 20. And look at verse 22. Look at what Paul says. He says, and see now, and this is him responding. He's finally got something to say about all these 
prophets that have been speaking to him. And he says, and see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Notice his phrasing here, his wording. I'm going bound in the spirit. He's already chained, but he's chained in the spirit. How many of you know that's a whole lot better? Man, that's freeing. That's liberating. He said, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that by or except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. So he's saying, listen, these prophets, all these guys that are talking to me in every city that I go to, they're speaking by the Spirit of God. Chains await you, Paul. Tribulation awaits you, Paul. But listen to this next verse in verse 24. He, Paul says, but none of these things move me. Man, you need to highlight that in your Bible. You need to underline it. You probably need to take a Sharpie, write that on a three-by-five car, and plaster it to your mirror, the one you look in every morning when you're getting ready. Because whenever you're facing something, whenever tribulations are coming your way, trials, whenever people are persecuting you because you come to a church and you're not wearing a mask, why are you not wearing a mask? Persecution comes your way. You can say, none of these things move me. I'm not moved by fear. God has not given me the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. God didn't give me that one. (laughs) But he gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That means I have peace in my heart. Hey, listen, we have masks at the front door, okay? I'm I'm not preaching against masks, and I'm not preaching for masks, okay? They're available. If you're more comfortable wearing a mask in here, man, please wear one. This isn't a mask rebellion, but what this is, is that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. And, I, and I'm not looking to, to start a rebellion or to fight against the government. I, 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 I'm looking to be free in Jesus. And I'm not going to allow myself to be moved by the fear that I see running rampant uh, in this virus. There is so much fear that's being promoted. And this thing is blown up way bigger than it really should be. And so I want to encourage you. Man, do, do what you feel comfortable doing. I appreciate everybody in here because everybody's hearts are golden. Uh, but, but I just wanted you to know because I haven't said anything about it. We've just been doing church. As soon as we saw that we needed to get back having church, we got back to it as quickly as we could. Because you know what ha- what's happening now? Is churches that are still holding on, that are not having service because of fear, then guess what? It's going to get to a point where you may not be able to open. If you don't open. We can't allow fear to dictate what God has called us to do. And I knew automatically when, when uh, it was uh, Mother's Day, coming up to Mother's Day, And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and he said, open back up. You need to open back up. I said, okay, we'll open back up, God. Praise God. All right, yeah. So I was reading a John Maxwell book. John Maxwell, get back to my message here. (laughs) John Maxwell said this. I've heard this proverb before. He said, man who say it cannot be done should not interrupt man doing it. Right? So Jesus promised, hey, persecution is going to come. It's going to happen. But here's my question to you. 
are you all in? Are you all in? Because you can either be all in or you can try and avoid persecution. This is a part of the reason that we have TED Talks instead of life-changing, heart-changing messages in the church. See, fear adjusts the message to fit culture instead of creating culture that adjusts to God's word. Man, have you ever noticed that when you come to the cross, you have to lay your stuff down? You have to let go of your stuff so that you can take on his nature, his identity. Man, thank you, Jesus. Say it out loud. None of these things move me. <laughs> Let's say it like we mean it. I'll say it with you. Ready? None of these things move me. You sound a little tired. You sound like you've been eating too much turkey. <laughs> Watching cowboys. Oh, sorry. The game was on. Um, so that was wrong. Um, <laughs> some, some people might say, but Phil, you don't understand what kind of boss I have. That he persecutes me. She persecutes me. Well, do you remember a guy by the name of Jacob? Do you remember Jacob? He went to go work for his uncle, right? And he said, I am so in love with your youngest daughter. I want, your, I want your youngest daughter to be my spouse. So I'm going to work for you for seven years. Works for seven years. He gives her Leah instead of Rachel. Wakes up, whoa, hold on. I, want, I wanted Rachel, not Leah. You can't marry the youngest without marrying the oldest. And he had all these excuses, right? Made him work another seven years. And then he worked even longer. Finally, the Spirit of God spoke to Jacob, and he said, I want you to leave where you are. I want you to go back home. And then in Genesis chapter 31, he says in verse 4, So Jacob calls Rachel Leah to the field, to the flock, and he says this to them. He says, I see your father's countenance, that it is not favorable toward me as before, but the God of my fathers has been with me. Aren't you glad that God is with you? Man, he said, he has been with me. And you know that, all, uh, that with all my might, I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me. He's changed my wages 10 times. How many of you can say that about your boss? Changed my wages 10 times. No, there'd be a lawsuit happening. Uh, something would be going on. He said, yet your father has changed my wages 10 times, but God has not allowed him to hurt me, thank God, and if he said that the speckled will be your wages, then the flocks bore speckled sheep. If he said that they were streaked, that will be your wages, then the flock bore streaked. So God has taken away the livestock of your father, and he has given them to me. Man, think about this. No one can stop God from promoting you. No one can stop God from promoting you. You. And guess what? When God promotes you, no one can take it away from you. Why? They didn't give it to you. God gave it to you. Man, then you can sing that, my favorite Christmas carol movie, that song. It's my favorite song. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. Okay, Phil. Number three. You ready for number three? Consistency puts down roots. Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one in the church. So let me read to you 2 Corinthians, and then I want to talk a little bit about this for a moment. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, While we do not look at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are 
eternal. Things that are seen are temporary, but things that are not seen are eternal. So what that means is there's something that you can't see that grows your spirit man, that produces in your life. Something you can't see. All right, so if you've ever seen, I'm sure you've all seen a bonsai tree. It's this little tree, right? It's 10 to 12 inches tall, but it's a full, fully developed tree. I mean, if you've ever looked at it, it's amazing. You see the little trunk and the, and the branches. And do you know how they keep them that size? They keep them from growing? They, they don't allow their roots to grow. They don't allow their roots. They, they restrict the roots. Well, people do this in the church. I see it all the time because God, they, they desire God to be able to use them and they want to be promoted in the kingdom of God, but yet... They never put down their roots. Why? Well, it's, it's kind of like they're waiting in line for the, new, the latest iPhone. They're in the line, right? You know, and they're standing there, and it doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees outside and the, and the wind chill. They are waiting in line because I'm getting a new iPhone 12, right? And so they don't want to get out of line because they don't want to miss what they're about to get. Christians do this all the time. They, don't, they come to a church, but they just come there to bide the time instead of putting roots down. Because when you put roots down, that's when your tree can grow. Otherwise, you're restricting your growth. Does this make sense? So I, I'm trying to encourage you that when God began to deal with me, that I was going to go and I was going to travel with Terry, the guy that was here last week preaching, and, and we were going to travel with him in ministry, that I was letting go of all the things that I, had, that I knew. I was a worship leader. I worked, I worked for churches doing worship. I was an assistant pastor. I was number one at being number two, man. You know what I mean? And here I was. And now, all of a sudden, God is wanting me to travel but I was so glad that the Holy Spirit began to deal with me that, Phil, you need to give everything you have to this. You need to pour yourself into what we're doing, what I have you doing today. Why is this important? Because God is checking my consistency. And by, if I'm willing to put roots down where I am, because I, I got to tell you who I think of, and, and she may not want me to mention her name, but... I. Hopefully you'll forgive me later, but Miss Cherry, love Miss Cherry. You guys, yeah, oh man, oh. no, it needs to be bigger than that, yeah, <laughs> oh man, no, <laughs> Cherry and Rebecca, when we were having church in our, in our living room, in our home, we put out 22 chairs, that's all I could fit in there. And we'd take all of our furniture out of our living room. We, you guys remember Nan, Lance, Nancy, you guys were there. Roddy shared, others, Stephen Kim. And so, forgive me if I didn't call your name. Greg, I'm sorry, as I'm seeing people. Holly, <laughs> sorry. I, don't get mad. T Terry, correct, Terry and Winifred. Anyway, I'm sorry. So we had, so, I didn't miss anybody, did I? Okay. So, okay. So, so we're, having, we're having service in our living room. And in walks Terry and Rebecca. And we were like, what? 
so good to see you guys, you know. And, and let me tell you something about Cherry. She has not missed a single setup at Vision Church. Single one. We set up every, all this stuff. I mean, everything, children's, all this stuff takes time. We get here, you don't see it, at 7 in the morning. And we begin to set up. We, you know, we bring the equipment out and, the, and set up our staging and our sound and everything. Because we want God to have the most excellent atmosphere that he can move and do what he wants to do in service. And I'm telling you, you don't see it, but I do. I see the consistency in this cherry. And God is promoting her. He's promoting her daughter, Rebecca, their faithfulness, coming week in, week out, playing keyboard, sometimes the entire service, playing keyboard. Some of you get up there and try to do that. But that faithfulness, and what I appreciate most about Cherry is Cherry put down roots. Well, I'm a little concerned, Phil. I just don't want to miss out on what God has for me. No, you won't. Because you're not flying Southwestern. You're flying American Airlines, baby. You have a guaranteed seat. Have you ever seen Southwest? You walk by, the, walk by their, you know, people waiting to get in line. Group B, group B. You know, 64 to whatever. You know, and you got, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm 67. I'm in line. You know, why? Because I want to get on quick because I want to find a good seat. Because it's not a signed seat on Southwest. But American, I can get on plane on the plane last because I have a guaranteed. Some of you don't seem excited about the guaranteed seat. But God has a guaranteed place for you. And I'm telling you, just because you may be here for a season, put roots down. Begin to help. Get involved. Man, be a part of what God is doing at Vision because when you put roots down and when you begin to be a part of what God's doing here, man, he sees your faithfulness here and he'll reward you in the next season because you were faithful there, because you sowed seed into Vision Church. I'm going to take you to greater levels because you're reaping a harvest now. See, what you see in Nicole and I is a harvest on the seed that we've sown into other ministries for years. I played drums at Victory. Uh, uh, Ru- Russell, when I see Russell play, it reminds me of myself because I, I played drums for, for more than a decade, 15 to 20 years at Victory Tulsa. But what you don't understand is that we were meeting in the Maybe Center. We set up and tore down every single service. It wasn't easy. I had to bring my drums. I had them marked. I had my carpet marked. I brought my own carpet with me. I could set them up in five minutes. Why? Because I had to in an emergency. I never knew. We, one time we set up at Maybe Center, found out that we couldn't be there. And you know what we did? We tore down. We ran across the street to Victory, and we had to set up over there. And I was ready to play by 7.01. It was a Wednesday night, 7.01. All right, keep preaching, Phil. It's really good. So, so don't fly American or uh, Southwest fly American, right? No, I'm sorry. You just you have to fully commit. If you want to see that harvest in your life, you have to fully commit. Number four, consi- come on up here, Rebecca. Number four, consistency flows with timing. 
consistency flows with timing. Do you guys know how generosity happened? The grocery distribution that we've been doing? Because now we, we've, done, we've done seven grocery distributions. We've distributed over 50,000 meals. Dear Lord. And I just look at that and go, really? that's crazy. That is crazy. That's so cool what God has done in us. But do you know how that came? I, I, all we were doing was we were not having church because uh, uh, live because of coronavirus. And so we were doing online service. But I began, we began to pray, Lord, give us something. Give us a way to help people. Give us a way to help people. I, I don't know what you want us to do, but I'm open to you. I'm looking to you. And do you know what happened? Terry called me. And he said, Phil, I want you to come to Tulsa. I want you to look at what we're doing with grocery distribution. And the next thing I knew, we were doing one here. And Terry came and helped us. And then the next thing I knew, God opened the door over Sam's Furniture for us to be able to do distribution there. Do you know what the miracle was of Thanksgiving, being able to distribute those turkeys? Is All we had was turkey breasts. It was supposed to just be, here's a turkey breast for you. Here's a turkey breast for you. And that was it. And I thought, oh, we can do that out of the back of a pickup. Man, just, right? Well, the next thing I know, a food bank says, oh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some stuff with your turkey. She offered. I didn't even ask. I never asked her. She offered, she offered cranberries. She, she brought all of this stuff, tortilla chips, tortillas, we had juices. We had juices I'd never seen before, colors I'd never seen before. Uh, but but she, she donated uh, uh, almond milk, bread. It was amazing. And we were giving away so much food. People, this one guy looked at me with a tear in his eyes. And he said, thank you. Thank you so much. Consistency. But we have to flow with the timing of God. I heard, I heard John Osteen tell this story. He talked about a businessman. John Osteen is, was Joel Osteen's dad. He passed away years ago. And, um, but John was sharing this story about how he had this businessman in his church. And this businessman was very successful. God had blessed him tremendously. He was making a lot of money. And, but he had a desire to preach. He had a desire to be in full-time ministry. And, and he just, he, want, he said, he told John, he said, John, I just feel like God is calling me to preach. I'm going to go and quit my job, and I'm going to begin to travel and preach. And thank God for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit began to speak through John. And John said, he said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, he said how many invitations do you have so far? And he said, well, I haven't been invited to preach yet. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, he said, well, well, why don't you do this? He said, what I would do if it was me, I would just, I would keep my job for now. And as invitations come, he said, then you, you know, go ahead and book them, begin to preach those weekends. And as, as it grows and as it expands and, and the income gets to where you can step out of your job. He said, then step out of your job and step into it. Well, that guy came back to John a year later, and he said, I just want to thank you for your wise advice. He said, because I never got an invitation to come preach anywhere. And if I had quit my job, we wouldn't have made it. You know, so much of God's leading 
can sometimes be common sense. We can't afford to be so spiritually minded that we step out of the common sense that God has blessed us with. He's blessed us with common sense. Man, thank you, Lord. And I think so many times people are looking for a shortcut. And here's the, here's the, here's the dangerous part about a shortcut, is that when you step out too early, what happens is you actually damage your faith. Let me read this to you. God gave this to me. I thought it was so good. He said, when faith is damaged, you become disillusioned. Doubt sets in. Theology is created. And you say, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. It's a dangerous progression because it's designed to derail your calling. The calling that God has for you specifically. Because I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a quick fix. There is no such thing as a quick fix. In the microwave there is, but there's no such thing as a quick fix. Well, let me, let me say this. When, um, before, before I was exercising at home, I used to go to the gym all the time. And, and when you go to the gym on a regular basis, every morning, every day, you see the same people, don't you? You know, because it's pretty much the same group of people that go, come to the gym. You know, and so you get accustomed to who's there and who's not there, and and I remember hearing about New Year's resolutions that some guys would make a New Year's resolution, and so they would come to the gym, you know, ready to exercise, and that you would see some new people after the first year. Well, I did. So this guy came and he brought his friend, and he was zealous about exercising. I mean, passionate. And man, he got up there and he was man, he was working the barbells you know, and doing bench presses. And then he was running over to the next machine. He was doing his legs and he ran to the next machine. He was doing this. I mean, and I was just going, because you know how the gyms are, there's mirrors everywhere. So you can see the whole room. So as I'm on the treadmill, I'm just watching this guy going, dude, slow down, dude, pace yourself. This is a marathon. This is little by little. Well, when I was leaving the gym that day, he was out by the Gatorade machine. And he was drinking a Gatorade, and his face was really pale. He didn't look good. And I, I went to the front desk, and I said, you guys may want to call EMS. I mean, this guy doesn't look very good. And I began to pray for him. And EMS came. And right when they showed up, he collapsed on the floor. And they, you know, they went straight over there and began to work on him. And my whole point is that there's not a shortcut in this deal. See, It's, it's a little by little deal. It's consistency over time. And that, that man passed away at 33. I found out later, a couple days later, I asked, how, how, what happened to that guy? She said, yeah, he passed away. We were blown. We were so surprised that he passed away. And I just went, dear God, dear God. See, a good trainer isn't going to start you on the 300-pound bar if, if you have never lifted weights. No, he's going to find out or she's going to find out where you're at currently. And then we're going to exercise at that level. And then we're going to add weights progressively in small increments. Right? Right? All right. Let me land this plane. Oh, I've got so much. <laughs> I've got so much more. Have you ever been excited? I hadn't preached in a while, you know. So, I mean, I was really, had a lot of mess, had a lot of, a lot of notes here. Okay, so you talk about 
so there's a timing though that consistency flows with. So, and this will be, I'll make this my final point. So Moses, you remember Moses. You remember he had it in his heart. He wanted to deliver the children of Israel. He went out to look at them because he knew these are my people. And here I'm growing up in a palace, but yet the children of Israel are out here and they're in bondage and they're being driven by, you know, it's slave drivers and being whipped. And so he goes out to look one day and he makes, he's already kind of decided I'm going to deliver my people. And what's he do? He kills an Egyptian. Well, he thinks they would appreciate that. But they didn't. They, they said, what? Who made you Lord over us? I mean, are you going to kill us like you killed that Egyptian the other day? And then he got scared. And then he took off across the desert, right? He ran to Midian. He met a priest by the name of Jethro. He married his daughter, Zipporah. And they had two children. He grew. He became a shepherd. And the burn, even though that's in Exodus chapter 3 is when he fled. And, or Exodus chapter 2. And Exodus chapter 3 is where he sees the burning bush. But wait, there, there was 40 years between here. How many of you think timing is crucial? Why is timing important? Because God wants to establish in you what he needs to so that he can trust you at a greater level. And Moses, because he was able through consistency... The consistency of God working on him. And and it said that Moses was content to stay in Midian. My question to you this morning is, are you content to be where God has you right now? Are you? Are you content to be where he has you at this moment? Because we're all about the outcome. God is about the process. He cares more about your faith growing than he does about you getting that new car, that debt-free car, that debt-free house that you've been believing for. Because for us, we measure our success by what I've accomplished. God measures success totally different. It's process. Are you growing today? Are you growing today? Are you growing today? I love to do different things around the house, but while I'm doing it, I love to turn my Bible app on and I just turn on the audio and I listen to the word of God while I'm working on my car or while I'm cleaning my car, detailing my car or something, whatever it is. I like working on my car, but I, whatever it is, I'm listening to the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I grow little by little. And sometimes I think we look at people and we think that they got there like that instantaneously but it's been over time go ahead and stand up with me I'm going to be vulnerable very vulnerable with you here for a moment and then we're going to sing a song God really wanted to do something in me he wanted to develop me in some areas of my life. And um, when Nicole and I went to Bible college in Tulsa, we went to Victory Bible College, and now it's Victory College. I think it's changed names like three times or something. But anyway, Victory College. When, <laughs> when we went to Bible school there, we went, we started mid year, and we got through a half of a year. And then during the summer, 
Pastor Billy Joe came to me, stopped me after service, and he said, Phil, I want you to pray about being our young adults pastor. I was just sitting in service taking notes. I was just being faithful with what I knew to do. I just knew that God wanted us to go to Bible school. I just knew that he wanted me to grow in him. And so we would sit on the front row and every service we would, we would take notes. And then I would, I would take my notes home and transcribe them. And, I mean, we were just being faithful where we were. And then Billy Joe comes and he asked me that. Well, they offered me a job. I took the job. I was at Victory. We were at Victory for a year doing the young adults. And do you know what happened? This, my youth, my youth pastor and I got reacquainted again from years before. He was one of the youth pastors at Victory. Billy Joe promoted him somewhere else because he really wasn't a youth pastor. God had called him to be a historian. And I mean, he was, man, phenomenal. I mean, he's a nation. If I, if I told you who it was, you would know. Uh, but I'm not going to. And so, so, but he started pursuing us. At the time, they were pastoring a church in Dallas, Texas. And he started pursuing us. I mean, relentless pursuit. Well, I was thankful for the job that I had at Victory because, you know, it was a blessing to be the young adults pastor. But let me tell you, we didn't have, you know, what that one guy say? We started with little and we have most of that left. You know, that was about where we were. We just had nothing. It started with nothing and had most of that left. I think that's how it goes. And I was like, and so the numbers began to climb. And I mean, they started offering me some round figures to come to Dallas. And I was like, and, and so I caved. I made a money-led decision. I'm not proud of it, but I made a money-led decision. And we moved to Dallas. Well, what I didn't realize in Dallas and Sharon Lloyd and Roddy, you guys know this. I mean, the, everything's so expensive that that round figure diminished quickly. And I wasn't really making what I thought I was going to be making out there. And I really wasn't supposed to be there. Do you want to know why? Because God wanted to develop in me something. He had me planted at Victory Tulsa. And he really wanted to develop in me what he needed to develop in me so that he could take me to another level. And so we were, we were in Dallas a year to the day. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He said, pack your bags. You're moving. I said, okay. And we moved back to Tulsa. Well, two months later, that church closed. I mean, just imploded. We had no idea. I, we, even, we even got phone calls and they said, how did you know to leave? And I said, it was by the grace of God. <laughs> it was the mercy of God that took us back to Tulsa. And so now here we are in Tulsa, but now I'm embarrassed. I don't want to go back to victory because I'm embarrassed. Man, that's sad. You know, have you ever wished that you could have, and the only reason I'm telling you this is I think it could help some of you. But have you ever been, you know, in a place where you just, you, you, if you could go back and do it over again, you would do, do it a different way? And so we didn't. And so for four years, we fought going back to, I fought going back to victory. It was my fault, Nicole. She was a tag along. And, and God was gracious to us anyway. You know, see, God will be gracious to you even when you're not 100% in his will. 
But let me tell you what happened. I finally realized I needed to let go of pride. I needed to ask God to forgive me. And I needed to go back to victory. And, I, and we did. And as soon as we went back, God opened the door for us to move to Austin, Texas, to Victory Christian Church, Victory Christian Center in Austin and work there with that pastor. And they had come out of Victory, and I knew them very well. And it was a miracle. But God blessed us there. And do you know what? Five years later, I was kicking myself because I didn't tell you this part. And we're, we're about to close. Um, I didn't tell you this part, though. When we... Uh, when we were about to leave Dallas, I got a call from Pastor Billy Joe in Tulsa. And he said, Phil, I need, I need you to come back to Victory. I need you to, to be the 10 o'clock pastor. He was preaching two services at the Maybe Center and then the 10 o'clock at, at the building across the street where they are now. And at that time, they didn't have the big auditorium. And he said, I want you to be the pastor of this and, and help me in that service. And I'll go in between. My daughter still kind of kicks me over that one. I didn't. I turned it down. Because <laughs> I was embarrassed. See, that's what pride will do. So anyway, went to Austin. God did amazing things in Austin. And when we left Austin, I, one day I was thinking about victory. And the years that I missed of being able to be a part of that ministry, of being able to grow and to be planted there. But you know what God spoke to my heart? He said, no. He said, you got planted in Austin and that's the door that I opened up for you. And do you know what? I did everything in you. I developed everything in you that I wanted to develop in you in Austin, that I was gonna develop in you in Tulsa. See, God wants to develop some things in you, but we need to put down some roots. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.